Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Gator Sports Podcast is brought to you by ViStar Credit Union. We never forget it's your money. And by ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Always be celebrating. Between them. No one. Welcome in, Gator fans, to the new Gator Sports Podcast with your host, Zach Avalverde and Graham Hall. Presented by the Gainesville Sun and Gatorsports.com. Welcome into another Gator Sports Podcast presented by the Gainesville Sun. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, joined to my right for the first time in 2021 by Graham Hall. Happy New Year, sir. Happy New Year, my man. Good to be here with you, as always, to talk Gator athletics. My favorite thing to talk about with you, man. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it's uh, been an eventful week for the Florida football program, even though the season has come to a close. A lot of things in the news regarding Dan Mullen and, of course, some of their top players from the 2020 team that have been up for awards this week. We'll get into all that, and we'll also speak with former Gators tight end Cornelius Ingram about the special season that he had in Hawthorne and also get his thoughts on the special season that we saw from the Gators and specifically Kyle Pitts. But obviously, Graham, we have to start with the Dan Mullen news. This is our first podcast since the season ended, and since that happened, we all see the news that's kind of come out about him being linked to NFL jobs and him being open to potentially to NFL jobs, which is something that he's consistently said uh, throughout his coaching career. But I think it became, or it seems to have become at least a realistic possibility because of the chances that have been put out there about his uh, possibility of getting the Jets job. And I think that has kind of put Florida fans on standby to see how this plays out. Yeah, we've always known that Dan Mullen had NFL aspirations. What coach doesn't want to get to the top level and he's been open about that and a high rise and an accelerated rise whatever you want to call it is nothing normal nothing out of the normal for him and especially in the NFL when you look at Cliff Kingsbury multiple young coaches Joe Brady maybe an NFL head coach here pretty soon it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could end up there but right now it is just all speculation he is just being tied to jobs he's still Florida's head coach and I think that anything else outside of that is just speculation it's pandemonium and it's kind of adding just to the noise here and I don't want to say that it's showing fans insecurity about possibly losing him but Really, you have him under contract for several more years. I, I, I don't think that this is someone who you're going to lose overnight, but who knows? But remember, Graham, one of our early podcasts, I did always say that Florida fans should always prepare themselves for that possibility, just like they have to do with Brian Johnson eventually becoming a head coach. And we saw that he interviewed for Boise State. I think that he'll probably have a better chance to reach that position before Dan Mullen gets to the NFL, but who knows? Maybe... That, that, that could be proven wrong here, and the Jets could pull the trigger on him. But regardless of, of, of whether they do or not, and, and if he's back at Florida, I don't think that necessarily it, it, it's a, you know, an indictment against kind of where 
he feels like the college game is at or where he feels like the program is at. I just think it's just a natural progression that he's always kind of been interested in taking in his career. And whenever the right opportunity presents itself and whenever he feels like the time is right, I think he's going to make that move. But I, I don't think you know that means that he's unhappy at Florida or that he doesn't appreciate the job that he's got here. Because I think that you know at the end of the day he's a competitor. He wants to win an SEC title. He wants to kind of make Florida elite again. And I'm sure he feels like if he's able to do that, that's probably going to help him get more of these opportunities. Absolutely. And tying it to what you just said, tying it to being unhappy at Florida is just again pure speculation. We've never seen one indication of that whatsoever he has a strong relationship with his athletic director in scott strickland and zach you definitely know this because there's been many cautionary tales from head coaches that have left college programs gone to the nfl and then really had things not work out there they don't have as much control over player personnel there are other obligations that they're not used to having to deal with and then they find out that uh, you know the losses are going to be on them and Dan Mullen was just named PFF's Coach of the Year. It's understandable that he's going to be a coach in high demand, but we have not seen anything outside of that job speculation that leads me to believe that he's going to be the next coach out the door here at Florida. More common, you want to do what you just said. You want to develop your assistant coaches into potential head coaches. That's the Nick Saban model. That's part of the Alabama coaching tree model that everyone loves to say that's what they want here at Florida. Well, that's what you want to do. You don't want to have your head coach leave. So I understand the hesitation and the worry there. But outside of just being tied to jobs, there's really nothing, I think, behind it right now. And then we'll get to later in the show, you mentioned assistant coaches and shoring up the staff, where things are at with the DB coaching shirts and some candidates there. But I do think we need to address another big story in Gator Nation this week, and that was quarterback Kyle Trask finishing as a Heisman Trophy finalist, which was a huge honor and something that I think the university did a great job with honoring him with uh, during the ceremony day. But for him to finish fourth in the Heisman voting, for him to kind of just be overshadowed by the other quarterbacks, and I kind of expected Mac Jones to finish ahead of him personally. Um, but to see the final results and Trask only getting 61 first place votes, which again, I don't think that people were surprised that he didn't win. Everyone thought and, and I think felt that Smith deserved to win, but also felt that if you were going to cast any first place vote for a quarterback this year, that it should be Kyle Trask. And if it's not, it's probably more deservingly to be Mac Jones. But The voters didn't see it that way, Graham. No, they didn't see it that way, and I'm right there with you. I I don't understand that whatsoever. I got to say, I was perfectly okay with Devontae Smith becoming the first wide receiver to win it in my lifetime. Let's get that out of the way. I would have voted for him if I had a vote. Same, but I think that Kyle Trask was easily the second choice. Look at the other two candidates. I could see why you possibly would want to give it to Trevor Lawrence, this all-ACC player, came in, with a world of expectations and then kind of exceeded them in a sense. And for him to never win the Heisman Trophy, kind of surprising there. So I could understand why voters wanted to reward him, but he did not have the statistics to back it up in my mind whatsoever, not even close. And then you look at Mac Jones. Yes, I think that he looked really good 
passing efficiency, set records there, and they know there have been a ton of great quarterbacks to come through Tuscaloosa. But look at the weapons around him. I think Kyle Trask, you put him in that offense, has better stats than Mac Jones. So for Kyle Trask not to be second just did not make any sense in my mind. And I was just shocked at the disparity between first place votes and even between fourth and third. Well, and how many people just left Kyle Trask off the ballot? That's just inexcusable, folks. I mean, the guy finished with not only the single season records for passing yards and touchdowns in school history here at Florida that's got three Heisman statues in front of the stadium that are all quarterbacks, but those numbers that he put up, the over 4,000 yards, if it was 4,300, I think, that he finished close to, and then the 43 touchdowns, the final numbers ranked second and third, respectively, in SEC history. Um, with an all-SEC schedule and, and the competition that he had to face, some of the top defenses that he went against, um, when you just simply look at the stats and the strength of schedule, it's really hard to argue any quarterback being ahead of him except for Mac Jones because of the fact that they he won that head-to-head. So, But there's still some more awards, at, uh, not only Trask, but Kyle Pitts are up for this week. Trask, a finalist for the Davey Bryan Award, and then Kyle Pitts, a finalist for the John Mackey Award and the Bolitnikoff Award, the first player to be a finalist for both of those awards since 2008. And we're going to get to this first commercial break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to talk to a former Gators tight end, CI, to get his thoughts on the Gators, on Kyle Pitts, and also the special season that he had at Hawthorne. Bring game day tailgates home this season after a stop at ABC Fine Wine and Spirits. Stock up your huddle with beer, hard seltzers, your favorite wine, or something sparkling. ABC is Florida family-owned and has been getting Gator fans ready for kickoff since 1936. Head inside one of their 125 stores around the state or try their curbside service by ordering online at abcfws.com. ABC Access loyalty members can save $10 on wine, 10% on beer and hard seltzers, and earn points toward $5 coupons. ABC, always be celebrating. If you're a Gator fan who believes saving money is better, join ViStar and save up to $5,000 in closing costs when you buy or refinance a home. The ViStar No Closing Costs Mortgage has a great rate, no hidden fees, and like the name says, no closing costs up to $5,000. At ViStar, we never forget that it's your money. Proud partner of the Florida Gators. Equal housing opportunity insured by NCUA. All loans subject to credit approval. Offer not available on VA and FHA mortgages. For more information, visit ViStarCU.org. We're now joined by former Gators tight end Cornelius Ingram and the Gainesville Sun Coach of the Year. CI, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Thanks for having me on. No, absolutely, man. We definitely uh, had some topics that we wanted to uh, talk about with you. But first, man, we got to start off with the, uh, the special season that you had at Hawthorne, your alma mater. Uh, you yep. led the team to the first ever state championship game appearance. Uh, what was this year like for your guys, especially, you know, given everything that, that went on? Uh, well, I mean, of course, it was it was a huge year, just like you said. Uh, I mean, the best um, football season in, in, in our history of football here at Hawthorne. Um, but what a lot of people don't understand, it was a probably probably an overachieved year. Uh, we had a lot of young guys who, who contributed a lot. We had a lot of young guys who hadn't played a lot of football, so we were doing a lot of teaching throughout the 
throughout the season. Um, I mean, we knew we had some talent, uh, but just, you know, getting the kids to to buy completely in, uh, on and off the field, um, that that part ended up happening very smoothly. And I think, you know, that that was the reason why we made that state championship run. Uh, and, and we're looking forward to, to the future. Uh, the, the future is very bright here. We got a lot of young guys returning. Uh, but but just this season, man, you know, it was special. You know, I was able to watch a lot of guys grow up on and off the field. And um, I, I just can't imagine, you know, what we'll be in the next couple of years as well. Absolutely. And, uh, and obviously, you know, for you to be recognized as, as our coach of the year, I think signifies, you know, how special of a season this was. And I know for you personally, man, it, it has to mean so much because, you know, you, you went to Hawthorne. This, this means a little bit more to you. What does it mean for you to kind of, you know, be able to come to your school? And I'm sure you had so much expectations coming into it and yep. be able to deliver and kind of feel like you're taking that program to a better place. Oh, man, it's probably one of the uh, best decisions uh, I've made in my life. You know, even, you know, life after football, um, being a head football coach wasn't one of the things on my agenda, uh, especially not being a head girls basketball coach. So uh, there were were some things going on at the time with the school. Um, I, I, I think we had a failing fell in letter grade. Um, they were thinking about shutting our school down. So uh, I just wanted to help out, get get on campus, uh, let some of these kids see me. Uh, you know, I and I've actually shared my personal experiences with, with a lot of our kids, not only just the athletes, but the regular students as well. Um, you know, and just, you know, graduating from here, having pride, uh, being from a small town. So I, I've kind of, you know, experienced some of these things that these kids go through on a day-to-day basis in their personal lives and 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 just me sharing my story with them uh and, and them believing in me uh, I think that helped our school out it helped it helped out uh academically and uh, of course on the athletic field and on the basketball court so um you know I'm just proud you know to to, to be from here to be honest and you know have a lot of kids look up to me uh, a lot of the kids know me and they trust and believe in me so um it's a lot easier for me to get my message across to them right now. And um, I'm just excited about our future for sure. Absolutely. Many people know you not only as the Hawthorne coach, but as a former Florida standout. And being yep. Hawthorne has given you a chance to be around the Florida program and coach Dan Mullen. While the season didn't end really the way anyone wanted it to, I think. What are your impressions about Coach Mullen and, and what he's done back at Florida? I mean, as our program, you know, a top seven, eight, maybe even lower uh, team in the country, you know, so that, that says a lot all by itself. Um, I knew right away when, when, when he took over that um, our program will, will get back to competing in the SEC championship, uh, national championships talks uh, because of, you know, he, he, he's a Florida guy. He's been there before and um, he know exactly what it takes. So, um, I'm extremely happy for 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 Coach Muller, um, you know, because we we were able to do some things um, in year three that a lot of coaches, you know, they don't get to experience um, their entire time coaching at, at some of these other universities. So um, I think we're definitely ahead of the curve. Um, like I said, with it only being year three over there for for Coach Muller, um, 
<laughs> the future the future is extremely bright for for the University of Florida uh, football program as well. And then, see, with him being a former tight end, I think you know how much he maybe kind of favors uh, that position and, and likes yes. to hear it in his offense. From from your time with him as a player and, and some of the things that he was able to create for you and Aaron, can you uh-huh. talk about you know what he does within his offense that allows tight ends to to you know be featured so special? Well, I mean, there's definitely a soft spot in his heart for for the tight ends. We can we can definitely agree to that. And you know, just you know, being a sharp cat, watching a lot of film, understanding coverages, um, and of course, he's an offensive guy. Um, and, and just you know, finding those mismatches all over the field, especially with the tight ends when he, he that he loves to uh, use. So um, for for me. You know, I, I had a great experience playing under Coach Muller. Um, I was able to to, to make some plays uh, and, and just, you know, understanding the game, understanding where, where guys will be, understanding defenses and, and coverages. Uh, it, it helped me as well. And that came along with, you know, studying with Coach Muller, uh, breaking down film. And, you know, when, when you're just a, a, a pure athlete <laughs> like Pitts, you know, of course that's, you know, even more, you know, and, and we've, we've had some great, great tight ends come through the University of Florida, but what he's been able to do with Pitts and, and just Pitts' talent alone, um, I mean, it's no secret that he'll be, a you know, probably a top 10 pick. So Coach Mullen is a guy, if you're a high school cat, man, and you're athletic, even if you play wide receiver or quarterback, but you're a really good athlete and you want to get on the field, um, especially if you play on the offensive side of the ball, you know, why not go to the University of Florida, especially what we've been able to do um, on offense this past season. Um, it'll, it'll only get better and better, you know, and I really do believe that. Seeing Pitts this season, who has a good chance to win the Mackey Award, it's looking like, what makes him excel at the position? What makes him so special in your mind? Oh, man, I you know, I, I think the first um, – game of the season, the old Miss game, I, I was watching it and they were saying he wanted to come back to to show everyone he could block. Um so he can be looked at as a traditional tight end. And of course, without a doubt, he he's excelled at, at, at blocking this past season. I thought he was a pretty good blocker last year, but I guess he wasn't attached as much as, you know, the normal traditional tight ends uh, last year. But, you know, whatever the voters want or whatever they say goes, it goes, I guess. But, I mean, there's no denying he's he's one of the best football players in college fo- football. Forget, you know, tight ends. You know, I've, I've seen him run routes. I've actually saw, saw him at, at spring practice the other year. He was running routes like wide receivers. I mean, he can go get the ball wherever it's thrown. Uh, just a, a, a really good elite athlete, but he's very smooth. And, um, you know, size, uh, speed, you can't really coach that, you know, and just natural ability to to, to catch the ball. Um, he's going to be special in the NFL uh, without a doubt, but but he he's just a different cat, man. Like I said, size, speed. Um, the the athleticism and it's and it's all smooth. It's, it it almost looked like he's not even trying. <laughs> so that that says a lot about what kind of player he is.
Well, you can relate to that a little bit being a you know former quarterback that had to adjust to the position as well, yeah. being an athletic guy. Yeah, yeah. And being, you know, like I said, man, if you're an athlete, and you know, sometimes, you know, we we get caught up and I've been playing this position my whole entire life, but you know, I always kind of share with people, even when I was in high school, I was a you know, slim kid with a decent arm, uh, but I was a really good athlete and I would always tell my teammates, hey, I'm the best receiver on the team that we don't have at receiver. And it was because I was playing quarterback. Uh, but 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 just natural ability to catch the football. I always had great eye coordination, uh, hand-eye coordination, and I think that had a lot to do with me being a basketball player. Um, I had great, great footwork. So, um, yeah, if you're a great athlete, man, and you're looking for a, a top-notch top offense, uh, with the offensive guru, you know, you, you go to the University of Florida. And, and this is not even a recruiting pitch. You know, it's just, it, it is what it is. You know, we, we've, we've had a lot of success this year on the offensive side of the ball. And, and just as a whole, you know, we, we, we didn't finish the season like we wanted to, but, but we, we had a great season without a doubt. And this is only year three for Coach Mullins. So um, if you're a top-notch athlete and you, you want to get the football, um, you want to play in a high-powered offense, the University of Florida is the place to be. Well, I, I do got to give you some credit, CI, because when we talked before the season at, at the Gainesville Sun preview, you yep. were telling me that Kyle was going to go off in this offense. Yep, yep, uh, yep. And you can see it. And, you know, you can see it. You know, you can see it all last year. Um, and, and you know, I guess, you know, just with him having another year of experience, uh, another year in the weight room, another year, of, of watching film of uh, during the off season, um, we kind of knew he was gonna hit the ground running, and, and, and he definitely he definitely did that. Special year for a special cat, uh, and, and being a a, a a former Gator tight end, um, it means a lot, you know, to see the tight ends have a lot of success, and and just and just to even you know give the other guys credit when he went down these other guys came in and had some success as well. So, yeah. you know, that tells you what, what Coach Mullen is doing over there, what, what, what our, where our program is headed. And um, I, I'm super excited to see where we'll end up going here in the near, near future. Well, I'll tell you what, man, we're, we're super excited for you as well because, you know, Spitz, uh, Pitts had a special year, but you and your team uh, did as well. And, and I think you've done Hawthorne very proud, man. So congratulations on all the success. Yes, sir. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And uh, just, 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 you know, I just want to say this. This means a lot to our entire town, our community. And, and we're, we're one, you know, I'll be honest, we're one. Uh, my, my brother is my offensive coordinator, then he's also the head boys basketball coach. Uh, uh, my offensive line coach, he's my backup. Uh, he's my assistant girls basketball coach. So, all of us coach multiple sports. All of us are in this together. Uh, my my basketball girls, they were actually my water girls throughout the entire season. So they've been at every game, whether it was home or away, cheering on the football guys, getting the water to them. And then now that we're in basketball, these guys are turned right around and have their own student section, you know, cheering on our basketball team. So we're in this together, man. Uh, we have a great principal, great teachers out here. Um, it's a really bright spot in Hawthorne right now. 
And I'm glad to be a part of it. And it sounds like a great culture too, man, that you've instilled. Yep. So yep, absolutely. Props on that, man. It was great to catch up with you. See you. See you. Yep. Thanks for having me. Welcome back into the Gator Sports Podcast. I appreciate CI for his time and perspective. That was some great stuff on Dan Mullen and Kyle Pitts and this Florida offense and obviously special for him, uh, what he's doing at Hawthorne. And right now, speaking of uh, coaches, Dan Mullen is trying to uh, fill out his staff after he made some changes on the defensive side of the ball. We saw last week, safeties coach Ron English, cornerbacks coach Torian Gray, uh, both relieved of their duties after the bowl game. And now looking to uh, fill those positions. We don't know if it's going to be, you know, two uh, assistant coaches coaching the secondary or just one DB coach and maybe another assistant at another position. I would think probably the former. Dan Mullen's kind of always had a corners and safeties coach as long as he's been a head coach. So that's something that I would expect. We don't know if maybe one of these candidates that we're going to talk about might have another guy in mind as the second uh, coach that would come in with him. But these are the names that have kind of been out there. And I think before we get into them, Graham, the, the, I think the elephant in the room that we have to address is the fact that Mullen has decided to make these changes on the defensive side, but not the co- coordinator spot where it looks like Todd Grantham is going to be retained. Yeah, many people expected Todd Grantham to actually be gone at the end of the season. And it's looking like that's not going to be the case, barring something unforeseen happening here. I, I don't know what really... I mean, maybe if he gets another job offer. Absolutely. Um, you never really with know. with all the changes that have just happened. And this is someone who also has had NFL interest before. You never know if he would maybe even be want a coordinator at the next level. You, you never really know. His son plays baseball at Mississippi, so don't really have a huge family connection here in Gainesville anymore. But you never really know. The NFL season, when it ends, someone may call him. But right now, it's looking like Todd Grantham will be back in Gainesville in 2021. And I... I, I, I I don't really know how we can judge that move right away until we see what Florida can do with a normal spring, a normal year of offseason development, because as we've said before, this defense under Todd Grantham has been impressive, so we'll have to see what happens. Depending on the level of coach that comes in, and if it's a big name, are they able to get some responsibilities or even a title as co-DC, and if not as co-DC, be somewhat of a passing game coordinator. And what I mean by that is, is this person that could come in going to have a say in the defensive game plan and specifically on the coverages that they call in-game? And where that could come into play is maybe some third and long situations that everybody constantly complains about with Todd Grantham. If Dan Mullen decides to bring in somebody as a co-DC, give them some of those responsibilities, essentially demote Grantham to a degree, and now he's not necessarily making all the third down calls or you at least someone have someone else there, that could potentially improve the unit. And, and I think that that's something to take into account, but that is also if he brings in somebody that has that role or is even going to be able to take on those responsibilities. And if Grantham is okay with it or if it's a situation that works, or maybe he's not okay with it, and Dan's going to do it anyway. And can they work that out and, and still put out a good product on the field? In terms of the optics, how can you have the sixth highest paid assistant coach needing a co DC? That says to me right away that you're being overpaid. And while I'm no expert in any way, it would just be kind of 
surprising to have someone else come in here and really have a say in the defensive game plan and be paid so much less. I, I just I, I say that though, but I just if you're going to get somebody like Travaris Robinson or Doc Holliday, you're pro- they're probably going to they're going to want to have a say, they're, or they're going to want that title too. They, Absolutely, they, probably going to want. They probably deserve uh, based Absolutely. on their career to have a co DC title at this point. But is that going to be something that Todd can work with? You know, and again, we're 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 speculating here. We're trying to see some possibilities as to how this could play out. But I mentioned one of the names, and, and probably the name right now that everyone is is looking at, and that's former Florida assistant Travaris Robinson, who's already been the defensive backs coach at Florida. Although that was the title that he had, he did specifically coach the corners, and Will Muschamp coached the safeties. But he's a guy that that has obviously been around the SEC for some time now had a really, really uh, great run here at Florida as the DB's coach, not only on the field but on the recruiting trail. Look at this from the story I put out uh, earlier this week. During that time, he recruited a total of nine defensive backs who are still playing in the NFL to this day. Um, So that kind of shows the type of talent that he had an eye for. And then he went to Auburn for one year after the coaching change at Florida, and then Muschamp hired him as the defensive coordinator at South Carolina, where he's been the past five years. So I think everyone looking at him as a guy that would make a lot of sense because of his ties to Florida, because of his ties to the state of Florida. He is a Miami native. He's known as an ace recruiter, but he does not have any ties to Mullen or Grantham. So this would be a a pairing that they would have to make sure could work for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned Robinson, a guy who didn't stop producing high-quality defensive backs. No. When it's, you look at South Carolina, J.C. Horn, a guy who's going to absolutely be taken in the upcoming NFL draft, and a guy with plenty of Florida ties as well in Robinson. And that name would not surprise me, considering we see that Dan Mullen, he at least is prone to wanting to hire guys and surround himself with assistants that he at least gets along with and knows fairly well, but whether it's Billy Gonzalez, John Hevesy, even David Todd Turner. Grantham. Yeah, t- David Turner as we saw in the last year replacing Sal Sanceri. So this is a situation where I would not be surprised if it was someone that had a history with Mullen in the past. And the other thing, too, is you know you do look at the fact that this would be the second time in a row that a former Florida assistant DB's coach is coming back to that role. And the first time, it obviously did not work out well for Mullen because he didn't have a prior with a relationship with Gray, although Grantham did. They had history together, so that... It's kind of why the move made sense. Um, and if for whatever reason T-Rob doesn't end up being the guy or they can't come to an agreement, I think another name, whether it works out or not, just makes a lot of sense. And that's Terrell Buckley, who is currently the cornerbacks coach at Ole Miss. Uh, and if I think Florida fans out there might know that name from a guy who played at Florida State and won, won the Jim Thorpe Award in 1991, and he had a very, very long NFL career, 14 years. He was part of the Super Bowl team with the Patriots, and he's got history not only with Mullen, but with Grantham. He coached with Mullen in 2016, or was hired by him, excuse me, in 2016. They worked two years together, and during the second year, Mullen brought on Todd Grantham for the 2017 season, who worked with Buckley at Louisville for two years. So those guys have history together. They've worked at two spots. And I think that that's in this situation, because of you losing a guy in Ron English who had worked with uh, Grantham for going on four years, 
and and then a guy in gray who had history with gray uh, from uh, history with Grantham, excuse me, from Mississippi State. To just get two brand new DB coaches in there that don't have any history with Grantham, I'm not saying it won't work, but that's why potentially bringing in Buckley would make a lot of sense. But I don't know if he's interested in coming to Florida. I don't know if he's looking to leave Ole Miss. Maybe he's happy with Lane Kiffin. Again, this is pure speculation, but a name that makes a lot of sense if Mullen has to go that route. It does make a lot of sense. And on top of everything you just mentioned, someone who, a former FSU player, returned to FSU to Bobby Bowden and Jimbo Fisher's staff as an assistant coach, so you'd think that he maybe has some at least familiarity with what the recruiting landscape sure. looks like. And, and before you say, why would an FSU guy want to come uh, to Florida, I present to you Randy Shannon. Exactly. It, there's many cases where that allegiance, whatever you want to call it, is a pretty much a wash when a head, with a head coaching or assistant coaching opportunity arises you can toss that out the window and be a pure professional and I would have no doubt whatsoever that that'd be the case with Buckley and someone who was just recruiting the SEC as well we talk all the time about how important it is to get a two three year head start on recruiting some of these prospects so getting someone in here who already has pre-established SEC recruiting ties whether it's Robinson or whether it's Buckley or whether it's someone else would just make a whole lot of sense yeah absolutely and then some other names for you guys to watch out for Uh, we did mention Doc Holliday recently fired uh, at Marshall a guy that worked with Mullen during his stint as offensive coordinator at Florida. They were both on the same staff from 2005 to 2007. So they have some history, though none uh, that he has with Grantham. And um, you know we'll, we'll see if Doc would even be interested in coming to Florida, but it's definitely someone that you have to keep in consideration when you consider his track record as a coach and a recruiter, which has been very impressive. And then some, uh, you know, another guy that uh, has – some ties to Mullen and work with him at Mississippi State is Townsend, who's currently uh, in the NFL as a coach for the Bears, uh, you know, coaching their secondary. Now, why would he leave the NFL to come to the SEC? Well, he did it once already uh, when he came and joined Mullen at Mississippi State. He was an assistant with the Cardinals. So not totally out of the realm of possibility, although he has been in the NFL for the last five years. So I don't know if he would be you know, interested maybe in, in coming back to the college level. And then another name to watch out for, I think a guy who might be looking for a job here sh- shortly is Wesley McGriff. He's currently the secondary coach at Auburn. He's had about a decade in the SEC. He uh, coached at the University of Miami, so he's familiar with the Sunshine State. He's produced some impressive DBs, and it, but a guy that doesn't have any ties to, to Mullen and, and Grantham. And I think that that's kind of something to look for potentially as, as you try to see how they might fill out the staff. You know, there's also Marquand Manuel out there. Uh, if Mullen wanted to make a run at him, but a guy that's been coaching in the NFL, and, and I don't know if he'd be interested in, in, in doing that in college, although if there was any school that could get him to do it, it would probably be his alma mater. But we'll just we'll have to see how it plays out, Graham. I think if they get any of these guys, um, they would be solid hires. But the important part, I think the question that we'll all have is how do they make it work and will it? Yeah, it, it remains to be seen whether it will be something that works out, regardless of who it is. I think that anytime you're an assistant coach outside the main offensive or defensive coordinator, you kind of are under, under review every single year and seeing how you fit out. So Florida can obviously, if one of these guys is interested, gamble on any hire because you look at the pedigrees of all of them, 
head coaching experience, NFL coaching experience. You look at Doc Holliday, a guy who coached a decade at Marshall before that was at West Virginia. And when he was at West Virginia, I believe he was he was based here in Florida. He was recruiting here in the Florida area. So whether he would be open to accepting uh, a role as a secondary coach after being a head coach for so long remains to be seen. And, and then you mentioned Deshae Townsend. Anytime someone who would want to leave the NFL possibly and return to the college game, you'd have to hope that it would be a place like Florida where they have a chance to then rise back up the ranks and maybe land one of those big time head coaching jobs elsewhere if that's yeah. something that they desire and then you, you mentioned just Marquan Manuel anytime you're shooting for a, a target like that it shows the expectations for that position and I think that Florida keeping their list high even for guys that may not be reachable is something that would behoove Dan Mullen and the staff to continue doing because as you mentioned there are programs like Auburn where highly touted coordinators are going to become available and be on the coaching market and you want to be able to be one of those programs that coaches look to when they come out of a job yeah and I think you know at the end of the day you look at the issues that Florida had defensively and they ranked 100th nationally in passing defense and we saw the issues uh, that they had on the back end specifically at the safety spot and Maybe the changes here, especially if they get the right guy or somebody that can that can help this defense kind of take the next step, it'll end up being a good move. And we've seen Mullen make some hires when he's had to replace coaches that have worked out very well for the Gators. So we'll just have to monitor this. Maybe next time uh, when we join you guys, some of these hires will be made. Maybe the Jets will have hired Mullen. Who knows? <laughs> a little less speculation or maybe more. Who knows? Yeah, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's uh, never a dull moment in Gator Nation. As you all know, there is no offseason, but we will continue to follow all the news. We'll be back with another show next week. For Graham Hall, I'm Zach Abelverde.